welcome to Coffee Talk with Crystal. I am Crystal Grafton Combs, host of this podcast and international president of Alpha Omicron Pi. This podcast is a personal project designed to connect with the women of our fraternity and our greater community of sisters and friends. Sometimes I will answer questions from our sisters or talk about something that happens to be on my mind, and others I will invite friends to do the same. So thank you for listening, and now let's get to the next episode. Sydney Knott, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Crystal. I'm very excited to be talking with you. I am very excited to be talking with you. And the first thing I want to do is for you to share a little bit about your AOPI story. Well, I'm an AOPI from the New Lambda chapter at USC. I was in the colonizing pledge class. Um, I believe that was, um, oh gosh, 74, maybe the spring of 76. And I'd gone through rush and did not have a successful rush. I got real sick towards the end, so I had to drop out. And it was just an exciting opportunity to be a part of um, starting something new at a school like USC, University of Southern California, which is so traditional and, you know, such a strong Greek system with, you know, major sororities that have been there forever. And to be part of something new and, and, and yet something old was fabulous. And so do I understand that you still keep in touch with your new Lambda sisters? They are still my dearest friends, and many of them are on the board of my nonprofit. And that is actually what we are talking about today. So let's dig right into that because you have a really, really interesting nonprofit that I would love for us to share a little bit about. Thank you very much. You know, and, and I have to say the experience of starting something new at a school like USC certainly has stuck with me and allowed me to, I feel, bring this vision of a affordable, um, of a nonprofit for local heroes and their families, making horseback riding affordable to reality. Um, and I am very grateful to the support of my new Lambda sorority sisters. Um, they have formed my advisory board and some of them, many of them have tremendous backgrounds in healthcare, human resources, legal, just a very, very bright, talented group of women. And many of them I'm interested after college did go on to marry military men. And so not only are they sisters and, and wonderful human beings and talented women, but they also understand the challenges that our local military families face, especially when they move every two to three years, which is the reality. We also serve police officers, firefighters, school teachers, nurses, and healthcare heroes. Wow, and so when you say you serve, let's talk about exactly what your company is, your nonprofit, and what it does. So Horses for Heroes is a nonprofit that um, provides affordable horseback riding programs and activities for um, what we call local heroes and their families, which we define as military veterans, 
police officers, firefighters, school teachers, and nurses. Of course, anyone can be a part of this. It is a membership-based organization, so anybody can join as a friend and take advantage of the programs that we offer. As a young child growing up in California, I found out being a horse crazy girl, as all little girls are, it seems, that horses are very expensive, whether it's learning how to ride or having a horse. And it was something that was certainly not part of my childhood growing up, but I felt like it should be. I felt like horses should not be an elitist activity for the chosen few. They should be something that all children should have the opportunity to uh, participate. We singled out those whose parents put a uniform on and whose call of duty is to protect and serve. What we offer, in addition to affordable horseback riding lessons, um, summer camps, spring break camps, winter break camps, just fun for the whole family. We have uh, three or four children from one family coming in, even if they're not necessarily horse crazy, they're outdoors, they're doing chores, they're having fun. And in this COVID world, it's been more important than ever to give children an outlet where they can get away from the screens, get away from the, uh, the, the online resources and get their hands dirty a little bit. Absolutely. And so tell me, Sydney, what is a day in your life? What does that look like? Well, I am the executive director and founder, so I'm in charge of um, here in Las Vegas, just to be clear, is our headquarters. So we are a national organization. We do have affiliates throughout the country. So I stay in touch with them. Um, we have Because we have a, a very mobile population, when our military families move, we want to make sure if, for example, they're going to Offutt Air Force Base, we want to plug them in with our facility in the Omaha area. We don't want to just hand them off and just to anyone. We want to make sure, very similar to AOPI, that we have this wonderful network. So wherever you go, you can find a chapter, you can find an alumni group, and you feel like you have um, a friend immediately. Here in even Las Vegas, we have an AOPI alumni group. So just in that sort of idea, that was kind of an important thing. Um, I'm in charge of the schedule. I'm in charge of... Uh, making sure that everybody that gets on property gets where they're supposed to be. Um, I fundraise, I grant write. Um, our fixed costs run about 18000 a month, and we have to raise that money somehow, some way. About 70% of our income comes from fee-for-services. So the lessons, the camps, the birthday parties, field trips, all of those things do generate income. I'm proud to say that we are currently offering here in Las Vegas a distance learning center. So we have about a dozen kids that come every day, kindergarten through eighth grade, and they plug in and they Zoom away, just like we're doing um, with their schools. And they've been doing that since August 24th. Parents bring them, pack their lunch, drop them off, just like they're going to school. And they have the opportunity at the ranch to perform their, um, to, to be in school. We have a teacher overseeing that with 30 years experience. And um, that's been a wonderful, wonderful experience. So just making sure that everything is up and running. I have a, a director that oversees the horses. So she makes sure that the horses are healthy and, and well cared for. Um, and I just work all day. I, I help out with the events when I can. Um, as I like to say, I'm not the horse person in the family. I'm the horse lover. So I leave the actual training and the lessons to the experienced staff. 
but I do everything else. So you really have outlined a lot of things that help generate revenue for the organization, and that allows you to offer these services. When someone is in need of your services, what does it look like from that side of things? Like when someone looks you up and says, okay, I would like to become involved or for my child or for someone I know. Well, I usually, I usually, they, I, they usually come through me uh, through the website or through an email, uh, text message and Facebook. We have to check all of our portals these days. Um, we get calls from people that want writing lessons. We get calls from people that want to register their child for camp. We get a lot of children and parents that call, they want to volunteer. A lot of high school kids right now are not in school as much as they would be normally. So they are looking for volunteer opportunities. So we constantly are talking with them about what that would look like. We just had about 20 high school kids last week helping us with our winter break camp. And so that's a great opportunity for them to become volunteers and to sort of get that spirit of philanthropy, which will hopefully carry them through college and into the, into the work world. Um, I want to also note that we do serve um, veterans with post-traumatic stress. We serve recovering addicts and we have health and wellness programs. And this is where I want to touch on the arthritis. I myself have fibromyalgia, so there's not a part of my body that doesn't hurt all the time, but it's the activity. It's the fresh air, the sunshine, the movement that helps the pain go away. And in the case of our, our philanthropy, which serves arthritis, we serve the entire family. I think that's what makes us a little bit unique. There are people that serve children with autism and juvenile diabetes and heart conditions. We are 100% about the entire family. I don't want somebody to be isolated or singled out because of their um, because of their physical or mental disability. I want the parents involved. I want the other siblings involved. I want everybody to be able to come out to the ranch and help the horses and do the chores and participate. That's what I think is more unifying than people that are going, you know, a lot of times in, in these days, we'll see one child going here and one child going there. We're all about family unification whenever we can. So we wanna see all family members participating all their siblings participating and those programs that we offer in our that, that are the health and wellness programs are free and that's very very important to us so about 30 percent of our programs are free for those that really need our services and we hope to have a larger scholarship fund so that when we do our summer camps for example if someone wants to send three kids to camp and their husband is a police officer or their mother is a police officer um, I want to have a scholarship fund so those kids can um, absolutely come at the lowest possible price point. If you go to your website, the first thing you see is it says healthy living through horses, which you have talked a lot about. You mentioned when we're young, we all love horses. I had that same experience. I have a great uncle that raised them and trained and offered lessons and all. And sure enough, when I was a very young person, I learned to ride and loved it and then stepped away for decades and was actually fearful when I had the opportunity to come back because I was much older. I understood what could happen, how big horses are, what it takes to be graceful riding them. For people who 
are either like me and had stepped away for decades or have never had an experience with horses. Do you have to have experience to come and be a part of this program or is that something that you all can connect from the very beginning? Absolutely. We call it Horse 101. So we love, I think our passion, Crystal, is sharing our love of horses with others, adults, children, everybody. Because like you said, I was that child who didn't have those opportunities. So I just think it's so fun to be able to open up our ranch to people who are seeing horses, many of them for the very first time. And we do have lots of women and men who are reconnecting with horses, you know, and they are big and scary animals. And so we take people through the steps, just like you would in any sport. We're not gonna just put you on a horse and hand you the reins. We have miniature horses, for example. So we're gonna get real comfortable with the miniature horses, haltering, leading, brushing, grooming, loving, before we ever move down to the big horses. We also in Las Vegas have a barnyard with farm animals and goats and, and a llama and an alpaca. So, and we talk a lot about, which was I, which is something I never knew as a child growing up, that horses are not big dogs, Crystal. They are in fact <laughs> thousand pound rabbits. And when you say that to people, they're just, they don't understand, but horses are herbivores, which makes them prey animals. And we, to a horse, are predators. And I don't wanna get off on that, but when you think about that, when you think about it, that a horse is hardwired to fear us. And when I tell kids, I said, what you're asking of a horse is no different than a lion riding on a zebra. And people can't fathom that. But the only way they can fathom that is the only way a lion would ever ride a zebra is not out of fear, but out of trust. And when you understand that we have to earn the trust and respect of a horse, we, they don't give it up. We have to earn that by being the kind of person through our body language and our demeanor that tells that horse, we are not here to eat you today. We are here to support you and protect you and be your friend. That's the power of horses right there. Because whether you're a child or an adult or a teenager, you've been a victim of domestic abuse and violence. You've been no, no telling what all the things that you've been through you've lost a loved one, any of those things. When you earn a horse's trust and respect, you have earned something tremendously powerful. This is why they work with veterans with PTSD and all those things, because you can't come at them forcefully. You can't come at them and be the real big tough guy. You've got to find a balance. We are just rolling out a new program for leadership training with horses, because horses will make you a better leader. It'll make you a more confident manager. It'll make you better able to manage a group of people. And as we start to come back to the workplace after months and months of working in our jammies at home, we're gonna have to come back together. And as I like to say, it takes a herd to build a team. <laughs> you know, I, I should not at all be surprised by the combination of leadership and horses. Certainly, we know that they have been used for a long time for comfort and care and wellness and also recovery from a variety of things. I don't know that I had ever thought to pair it with leadership, and yet it seems almost natural hearing you talk about it. It's absolutely fascinating, and I've seen it many times where people come at the horse a certain way and they're not getting the result they want. 
and they have to find a balance. They have to find a way to be a little bit assertive, but not aggressive. You can't just be their best friend. You've got to, you're dealing with a thousand pound prey animal and you've got, just like you're dealing with your people in your workplace, you've got to find a way to get the maximum response from that employee and from that horse. And it's not easy as we know as managers, it's not easy. Absolutely. How many horses are on your ranch? At the headquarters in Las Vegas, we have 22. Wow. And then how many, uh, you say headquarters is in Las Vegas, but you do have other sites throughout the country? We have affiliates. So if there is a ranch that wants to offer riding lessons to local heroes and their families, they can register their facility with, on our, they can register on our website. There's no charge. And that way we build a network of like-minded facilities. So when our families move, we can refer them. It's a referral. We can refer them someplace that we feel will take good care of them, have decent horses, um, not charge them a fortune. We, you know, we don't regulate what people charge, but we ask that you charge our members less than what you would charge the public or somebody else. And for many facilities, it's been a great way to grow their business. And we've helped them to build a base of volunteers and build a great a, a base of customers. Not everybody does as much as we do with lessons and camps and birthday parties and field trips and all of that. Some just focus on maybe trail rides or riding lessons. But we wanna show other facility owners around the country if you want to do a summer camp with 65 kids, this is how you do a summer camp. So we want to be able to kind of package those, those kind of programs. So not it hasn't worked for everybody, but there have been a number that have found it as a way to generate more income for themselves. Very good. Well, and while they're generating more income, they're also providing a much needed service to the communities. So that's very exciting. Sydney- Absolutely. And, and, and there are some that are more on the you know the therapeutic side of the spectrum than on the instructional recreational side and it's all good it's just places that um, we want to help we, we want to help them grow their business we want to help them serve a, a piece of the community a lot of people want to serve veterans they just don't know how to find them they are a difficult group to find and to be honest with you sometimes it requires getting the spouses and the children to the ranch for a free horse ride or an open house or some activity. And then eventually you'll get the veteran. You can't always get the veteran out there, but if you can get the spouses out there and the kids, eventually the veteran may show up. That's really exciting though. And I think it's a wonderful service to provide. Tell me for people who are interested in learning more and being a part of the programs, how do they find you? Well, the first place always is the website. Our website is horses forheroes.org and that's with the number four and the best way to find out about what we have going on in las vegas we have a virtual barn on our website where they can see all the horses that we have here in las vegas we have information about our affiliates on the on the website and they can um, learn more about us and and if they're interested in doing something in their own community they can um, definitely find a way we can definitely try to try to partner them with somebody. I love the AOPI angle because with our affiliates and our um, our alumni throughout the country, you know, there may be alumni out there that are either involved in something like this already or would like to get involved with this, or they just want to volunteer. We have 
people who call us every day saying, like you, like you said, I used to ride horses. I used to love horses. I've been raising kids and working, and now I want to get back with horses and smell the smells and get all dirty. And, um, and so we have many places throughout the country where those kind of people can go volunteer and help out. And I can tell you from personal experience, every horse ranch needs volunteers. That's amazing. And what about for people who aren't necessarily able to give of their time or or are interested in being on the horses or training with horses, but would still like to support the work that you do? How can they do that for you? Absolutely. We, we like all nonprofits, um, we survive on donations. They can donate on our website. There's a donate button. They can sponsor one of the horses in the virtual barn. They can order bags of grain and feed, or they can just make a donation. Um, we estimate that it costs about $250 per month per horse. And um, that's for our ranch to maintain. We are one of the only national nonprofits that actually owns its own horses. Most of the equestrian organizations that you think of that are national associations, they are national associations, but they don't own their own horses. We own and care for our own horses. We are a national Las Vegas-based nonprofit. So we do need the funds to sustain the horses that are at our ranch, as well as taking care of their health issues, their end of life issues. Um, it's a sad but true fact that it costs about $1,000 to end one horse's life. And we wanna always do that in the most humane way possible. Most of my horses are in their mid twenties. Some are in their late twenties. Late we get almost all of our horses are donated to us. They're not young spring chickens like us, but um, they have a lot of love to give. They have a lot of life to live and they may not be able to rope a cow or turn a barrel or win a blue ribbon, but they can still teach somebody how to ride a horse. That is amazing. And I couldn't have picked a better way to end this podcast. Sydney, thank you so much for joining me today. I have loved hearing about it. You may have noticed there are several times that my eyes kind of went up out of surprise, so I can't <laughs> wait to learn a little bit more. And for all of our listeners out there, as always, thank you for listening. Stay safe and be well. Mm -hmm.